Grace and peace, and God bless you. This is Delisa Rogers Fields with uh, Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I've got a short word for you today. I was just, um, well, the Lord had revealed a powerful um, dream to me last night. I shared it on my Facebook page, Delisa Rogers Fields. But um, even as I, I got up uh, and just kind of was meditating on some things, the Lord just pressed in my spirit. Uh, um, I don't know. I guess he pressed into my spirit. Uh, leaders, you know, and I'm particularly speaking of church leaders at this time, which this can also translate to our governmental leadership as well. But I want to give you a scripture. It is found in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 12. And it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. And, you know, I was like, Lord, you know, what, what's, what, how do you want me to start this? What do you want me to, where do you want me to go with this? And he, the Lord revealed to me that this is that hour where the leadership are, are called to the front lines. And this is also a place, and this is sort of predicated upon the dream that he showed me last night, but leadership is being called to the front line. But leadership, this is also their hour, hour of testing an hour hour of being tried. Um, you know, we have we have uh coveted the pulpits and we have done great things in the name of being inside the building and being among the people, but this entire hour has changed the narrative. Twenty twenty has changed the narrative for church leadership today. Um we have been thrust into situations and positions we many of us, I put it like that, did not see coming. Um, you know, throughout scripture, God would forewarn a leader. He told Moses, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. He told Noah, uh, it's going to rain 40 days and 40 nights. He told the, the apostles, um, you know, the world hates you, but they hated me first. He told Apostle Paul, I'm going to show you the things that you'll suffer for my name's sake. Um, so, you know, you'll find this kind of baseline. He told Joshua to be strong and be courageous. And he repeated that to Joshua twice. Um, so you'll find throughout the scriptures that God would, would, would speak with his leaders and God would reveal, uh, you know, to his leaders that heart posture that he expects us to be in in time of conflict, in time of challenge, and in time of trial. And this is where we are. We're in that time. And so I think within that, God is also watching how we approach things, how we settle things, how we confront things. And then God is also looking at how we have not approached, settled, confront, right? God, you know, in this, in this hour, um, you know, and in this time, we, we definitely are in perilous times, as the word of God says, and I think in Second Timothy, we're in those perilous times. Um, but I think within that comes a responsibility from God's leaders, those who he is expecting to be on the front line. Which, you know, you remember David and, and, you know, Jerusalem was at war and or Israel rather were at war and God, there was an expectation for David to be on the front line. <laughs> yeah, the kings fight along with their soldiers, um, but the kings go first to the battle. And this was sort of, you know, a a preview into the decline of King Saul's leadership is that he was afraid to go up against the giant, 
he was afraid to go up against the Philistine giant Goliath and David did and so that was kind of the signet uh, ring to um, David's leadership is that he was unafraid in order to be a leader there must be a courage and this is what God told Joshua there must be a courage there must be a confidence a courage that you must have from within but a confidence that you must have in God number one that he called you number two that he has equipped you and number three that he will not fail you he will not abandon you and so during the times that Moses confronted Pharaoh those ten times let my people go that they may worship me ten times as leaders there will be certain uh, uh, um, movements for the lack of a better word or certain uh, situations let me just put that out there that will necessitate you confronting it more than one time. You know, my husband and I have five children. And as they were growing up and even now as they are in their young adulthood, you know, we find ourselves sometimes saying things more than one time. Um, and each time that you have to revisit the same thing, there comes an agitation because you're have, having to say it again. Um, and, 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 you know, because you made it clear, you articulated clearly first time that this is what I want done this is when I need it done and this is how I want it done and then that to, to to walk away from it come back and revisit it and to see that nothing has changed it is aggravating as a parent I'll tell you it's aggravating frustrating and so you find yourself having to revisit didn't I say this you know and so you each time you're having to revisit something that you've already clearly articulated there comes the agitation there comes the frustration with that Right. So you can only imagine. I mean, the Bible doesn't lay these things out in black and white. This is why the word of God must be studied through the lenses of the Holy Spirit. You can't can't just read it from a um, academic point of view or from a historical point of view. But you have to read it through the spirit. My, the Lord said my words are spirit and they are life. And so even though there's things that are written in black and white, when you read it through the lens of the Holy Spirit, God will bring it to life. I can bear witness that God brings the scripture to life when I study it. So the law does not, in the word, it does not articulate how frustrated Moses was. You know, we don't really see that side of him until he was actually in the wilderness. So, you know, you don't, we, we don't see that. We're not brought into the, that part of the experience because that, will, that wasn't the issue at that time. Um, but you would find that he had to, as a leader, he had to continue to press in against this Egyptian system of injustice, this Egyptian system of idolatry. He pressed in and he continued to press in until change came, until change well, came for us, until change comes. I was telling my daughter, she's um, head of, um, of one of the SGA at her school and they had a meeting yesterday and she walked away a little bit discouraged. And and I looked at her and I could I, I recognized that face I recognize that spirit of frustration as a leader um, when you have an expectation or when you have um, you know well when you have an expectation and and you don't see that when when the people don't get it when you don't get the response that that you were hoping for and I saw that and you know we talked about it and I shared and I said I told us a joy I said um I, I understand I understand and I said so then what you have to do is revisit that call another meeting schedule another session and so again there are going to be times when you are going to have to address as leaders now you're going to have to address situations over and over until the change comes 
um, think about in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, which means the law twice given or the law twice restated, right? That prefix Deuteronomy twice. And so even though God had given uh, Israel, excuse me, Moses had given Israel, you know, uh, the commandments and the word of God and the will of God and the plan of God, during the time, during their crossover season or during the transition season, Moses reeled them back in and said, hey, let's go over, let's review or let's revisit um, that which God has spoken concerning us, our destiny, our purpose, and so forth. And so, you know, as a leader, you're going to find yourself in um, in those kind of predicaments and in those scenarios where, where you're going to have to, to, you know, a- abandon the office of frustration and abandon the office of passivity. Okay, and and move and 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 for some it it must be a and a forced um and 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 an intentional move into action. That that's the place where God wants His leaders. As I gave you my opening, I gave you these examples of biblical leaders, and these were all men and women of action. Not one time do you see any of God's leaders sitting back wondering. You know what's happening next what's going on they were always in the know and i you know as it comes to my mind the only king to my understanding and the book of kings is a wonderful book to study on leadership kings and chronicles and even first and second samuel wonderful books to study on church leadership um even joshua but and even even judges <laughs> and and all the letters of Apostle Paul, okay, for those of you that are called to leadership or even are actively engaged in leadership, it, it will never hurt to go back and revisit that. As a matter of fact, one of my spiritual daughters who pastors in um, Virginia, she reached out to me yesterday and said, I need some material, you know, on leadership training, right? So now she's been pastoring for years, been in ministry for years. However, she's revisiting, okay, the art of leadership for herself and for her ministry. What a noble thing. What a noble thing. And so, of course, we you know we facilitated got some material to her. But the only leader that I can think of to my present mind right now, as I'm talking to you, who was passive and it cost him his throne. Did you hear what I said, my brother and my sister? That passivity cost him his throne. Guess what? It cost him his mentor. It cost him his destiny. God does not take this lightly when he says that we are we are being tried. All right. This is the trying of our faith. And God expects us to stand, you know, right? Stand in that thing, persevere, endure the trial, endure the heaviness that comes with it, endure the grief. Solomon said, when you increase in wisdom, you increase in sorrow. Let me tell you something. Boy, that scripture just... That scripture blessed my life because I could not understand. I was like, why do I, you know, why do I feel grieved a lot? Not grieved like crying, grief, grief, but grief in, you know, well, <laughs> a grief in, in frustration sometimes, you know, when you, you have an expectation or when you see certain things and you're like, God, why did I have to see that? You know, <laughs> why? Why did I have to hear that? Why did I have to see? Because whatever God reveals to you, it comes a responsibility. You were, that's why when the word came to the prophet, the Bible called, says it like this, and the burden of the Lord, the burden of the word, right? And I wrote a book on that too, The Burden of Prophetic Ministry. 
it's a burden because once you've been exposed to that word once it has been revealed to you now God is looking at you and he's expecting a response that's why he marveled I think I, don't, I can't never remember where the scripture is but he marveled that I'm gonna look at it real quick he marveled that there were no intercessors I'm gonna read it to you because I think that uh we need to we need to be exposed to that so I'm gonna it up and give it to you as we say in the school system, in your toolbox. <laughs> Isaiah, I was right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, he told the prophet Isaiah, this is in Isaiah 59, verse 16. He says, and he saw there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm or his arm brought salvation unto him and his own righteousness sustained him. And so it, you know, it, it marvels God. Matter of fact, let me go back to verse 15 just to give you a little bit of context. Okay, Isaiah 59, 15 and 16. You might want to jot it down, look back at it at a later point and see what God is telling you. Uh, but here it is, Isaiah 59, 15. Yea, truth fails, okay? And he that departed from evil make himself a prey. And and the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. God was wondering where is the justice, and I think that I should have, God should, Holy Spirit, I should have opened up with that. But whenever there is injustice, God is displeased because He's a just God, and so you know He said, "Who who's watching? Who is paying attention? And why hasn't anybody cried out? Why hasn't anybody?" moved and I think that's the question that with the we as leaders need to ask ourselves have we moved well that's a, that's a good topic right I felt that in my shanana y'all <laughs> have we moved have we moved on what God has revealed to us what we have seen what we have heard what we have been exposed to have we moved leader pastor prophet apostle bishop elder deacon uh, uh, teacher have you moved have you moved in accordance with what you are seeing? Have you moved? Remember, God has that crown of life for those who endure. That means you have to put forth, put forth a concerted effort to do this. It's not you just wake up and, and, and you just walk into it and you just tap into it. And No, you, you're going to have to put forth a concerted effort. You don't have to put work into into the movement. That's good. You've got to put work into this movement. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so um, this caused King Saul his seat, cost him his throne, cost him his mentor when God expected movement and he was passive. And then when he did move, he did it, like James also said, he did it uh, for his own gain and he can consume it upon his own lust. You know, he moved in accordance with what appeased him or what appealed to him. He appeased the people and appealed to himself, right? And that's where you get, John talked about the um, uh, the uh, lust of the, yeah, the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, right? Um, so, yeah, that's where you get into those three areas of, of pride. When you are appealing to yourself and appeasing your people, that's not that's not a part of our job description, our vocation, our reasonable service. That's not a part of that. Uh, we serve the people. We don't appease the people. We don't appeal to our flesh. You know, we've been called, and um, 
we we've been we've been held accountable, you know, for this thing. So I'm I'm gonna have to wrap this up. I've got some things coming up that I've got to address. And um and I just want to encourage, you know, you who are um called to leadership, you who are serving in leadership, um, you know, have you moved? Ask yourself that question. Where have you been? Have you been present? Are you present? Have you tapped out? You know, I work in education and many of our students and parents and some of our, my colleagues have tapped out, you know. Um, have you tapped out in the heat of the trial, in the heat of this um, trying of our faith? Have you tapped out? Think about those, you know, those of you who follow boxing. And after a while, when you've been hit and beat so many times or when your um, coach or whoever sees that you, 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 you're about to go down for the count, they'll, you know, tap you out. Um, have you tapped out? Have you been so weary under the pressure of our new normal, quote unquote, that you just tap out and say, you know what, I can't, I can't deal. I just, I don't, you know, is that an attribute of leadership that God, that God gave you? Did that attribute come, that, that, that relinquishing, forfeiting, backing up, throwing the towel, did that come, is that fruit of the Holy Spirit? Did that come from God? Or does he expect you to rise up, you know, take hold to the scepter, rule, as Jesus Christ would have you to do, as he has authorized us to do, you know, to use that shepherd's rod to protect. The shepherd's rod serves a dual purpose, to protect and to defend, right? It is to protect the flock and to defend them against the enemy. You know, do we still, are we still holding the shepherd's rod? Or, you know, have we abandoned that? And are we running along with the sheep? So I just want, that's food for thought, okay? So I pray that I've said, um, I've said something to make you think, make you um, question your movement as a leader. And those of you who are serving um, leaders, you know, Pray for your leaders. Pray for those that maybe, you know, you're looking at them because Joshua watched Moses like a hawk. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Nathan watched David like a hawk. You know, if you're called to walk alongside a leader or you're serving in leadership or what have you, um, there are going to be some things God is going to reveal to you, you know, that he wants you to take to him in prayer. You may see, okay, my leader's just kind of tapped out. He's going through, she's going through. They're not really engaged like you know they should be or like they used to be something's wrong so you go like the bible's in isaiah 59 16 and intercede okay anybody can complain but go and intercede per adventure lord you know equip and encourage and enable my man of god my woman of god to, to get back on post it's discouraging it's disheartening but but lord i know you called him you know, I know that you've equipped them. Maybe they're just going through their own human experience right now. It happens. Elijah had a human experience where he just said, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm done. And God had to step in and encourage him. Amen. So listen, we love you. We bless God for you. I got some new things going on, you guys. Um, I'm, I'm, I have a new book and it's entitled Time and Turn. It is available on Amazon and I encourage you to get it. 
Um, it is a book that helps explain the difference between your seasons of time and your seasons of your turn. Many times we think it's the same thing. Well, it's my time and it's my turn. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's your time, <clears throat> but it's not yet your turn. <laughs> and so that book is um, is powerful. Uh, it's full of revelation. I mean, if you guys read any of my work, you know that I'm, I'm going to bring that revelation. I mean, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to put that in there because that, that's the air that I, that's the fabric of my being is to open up the heart of God and reveal it to his people. So I want you to get that book. Um, it's going to encourage me and it's going to inspire me to continue to write. The Lord told me I saw library shelves in my, in my, in my inner man. And so there's so many more great things that God's going to pull out of me. So you all encourage me when I see those books, um, you know, sales. It, it's not just about the money. Trust me, I've got other things going on, but it, it's about, uh, you know, just making sure that that work gets into the hands of God's people. And um, so it's on Amazon.com slash author slash Delisa Rogers Fields. Um, you can also go to my website. I just launched my new website and it's Delisa Rogers Fields. I try to make it simple, right? Um, and I have returned to using my Facebook business page because my profile page has reached its max. And it was just too much to try to do dual pages. So I'm really trying to move um, toward my business Facebook page, which is Delisa Rogers Field. So no, no, you know, hard work there. <laughs> trying to figure out where I am and what I'm doing, but I'm going to encourage you to go and get that, um, get that book. Um, on my website is a book trailer that's going to just, um, you know, give you a little insight into what the book is about. But you want to get it. It's available in ebook. It's available in paperback. And um, I should have some hard copies coming in today. And I'm just excited, excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about what he's doing in your life as well. So, you know, this is our reset season, people of God. And this is going to be an opportunity where we can sort of go back and pull some things up to speed things that we have laid down, things that we have forfeited, God is going to, he has given us time to go back and, 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 and return to some of those works and finish them, okay? He's giving you a grace for finishing. So we love you in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in. If you know a leader who needs to hear this word, who needs to be encouraged, who needs to be sharpened, who needs to be motivated, I want you to do them a favor and share this message with them okay all right so i love you you guys um be blessed more grace to you until next time lisa rogers feels the terry prophetic ministry